Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mo Money Podcast. This is episode 61 and episode 3 of my podcast listener series. Not that anyone's counting, but uh, so if you don't know, if you're kind of new to the program, um, back in the spring, I did a blog post featuring four wonderful ladies who are doing some amazing things to crush their debt. And I'm like, hey, wouldn't this be great if I made this into a podcast series? And now, bam, it's a listener series. So if you have a, a, a story and it doesn't have to be about debt, it could be what you're doing to save money, uh, retire early, whatever, anything to do with personal finance. If you have a story that you would like to share with me on the podcast for this series, please shoot me an email, jessica at jessicamorehouse.com. I've already gotten several people who have contacted me that are now going to be on the show and it's so freaking cool. Come on, share your story because that's what this is all about. It's about making, you know, you know, promoting financial awareness, financial literacy, um, sharing each other's stories so we can all be more financially savvy, right? So this episode is with Taylor Milam, and she is from San Diego, California, a place that I uh, recently went to for FinCon 2016. It was lovely. I loved it there. She is a social media strategist by day and also a blogger. She started her own personal finance blog called The Freedom From Money. And so I uh, you know, interviewed her for my blog post, which I'll include a link in the show notes if you haven't read it already. But I want to kind of get to the crux of things and really get into her story. And so I interviewed to her for this episode and uh, without further ado let's uh let's get to that episode shall we okay so let's uh kind of start um so taylor tell me a little bit about yourself what do you uh, where are you from where do you live what do you do yeah i um grew up in a military family my dad is in the military so mm -hmm. we moved around a lot um i lived pretty much all over the world. Um, but during my last two years of high school, so when I was about mm -hmm. 16, I moved to Southern California and I've pretty much been here since then. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to live in Southern California. It sounds so nice. <laughs> yeah, it's super nice, but uh, it definitely comes with a price tag, the sunshine. Yeah, so, I know. But yeah, so I live in San Diego now, um, and I graduated from college a little over a year ago, and mm -hmm. right now I'm working full-time in writing and digital marketing. I work for mm -hmm. a university, so I write a lot of stories for the website and make videos and do their social media, so it's pretty fun. That's awesome. That's awesome. So kind of speaking about uh, university and everything like that, that's kind of, is that kind of what started you on your kind of personal finance journey, but you know, like the, the debt part of it though? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So all of, all of my debt, um, mm -hmm. which is now gone, thankfully. Awesome. Thank you. Um, it came from my final two years of university. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my father unexpectedly, mm -hmm. um, said that he wasn't going to help me out anymore financially. Yeah. Um, and that was about a month before school started. So, uh, yeah, that's tough. I, yeah. <laughs> I was kind of thrown into this really unfortunate and hard situation, um, mm -hmm. really fast. So, 
a lot of things happened. So basically money mm-hmm. became a really big part of my life really fast. Uh, oh, absolutely. All kind of at once. And then you have to start thinking about things you never really had to think about and, and make decisions really quickly, especially if you wanted to, I guess, start the school year on time. Yeah, totally. If I, exactly. So I grew up really, um, I would say pretty middle class. Um, mm-hmm. Money was never a huge issue. There wasn't a ton of it, but there was more than enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you said, this was pretty much the first time that I was in a bad financial situation <laughs> and didn't have any. Um, so yeah. I had to make really fast decisions in order to continue in school and not have to drop out. Yeah, exactly. Were you working at the time, like part time or anything? Yeah. So I, the reason that I was actually able to stay in school, um, because basically what happened is, uh, my dad had already filled out my financial aid forms and Mm -hmm. he made enough money that I didn't get any financial aid that year. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. so I luckily had been working since I was about 16 and had close to $10,000 saved. Um, yeah, so it turned out to be really good. I, I, because I blew through it to pay for my tuition, and then mm-hmm. I started. I worked three part time jobs as well, like to support myself. Oh my um, gosh! And did you live on your own at the time, or did you still live at home? No, I I lived on my own. Yeah, my. Oh wow. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it was a it was like a very very hard situation, and so the first year I was able to support myself without any loans. I actually wasn't offered any government loans because of the whole financial aid situation. Yeah. And then the second year I had no more savings. So, um, and my stepdad claimed me on financial aid and his mm-hmm. salary was lower. So I got packaged accordingly and was able to take out some loans to pay for my tuition. Mm-hmm. How did you manage to work the three part-time jobs and go to school? That's like, that's crazy to me. Yeah, I definitely don't recommend it. <laughs> it's not super fun. Um, it was really, really stressful. Um, I worked on campus uh, during the days, like in between mm-hmm. classes. And then at night, I worked in a call center. I did fundraising for the university. Mm. And then I also did freelance writing. Oh, wow. Wow. That must take that, that must have been like a big kind of, you know, uh, time suck, really. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like school full time. That was your life working. And yeah, so it definitely I went from kind of having a normal college experience, like what you yeah. think of when you think of college, like kind of mm-hmm. having fun and like going to classes and mm-hmm. experimenting and learning stuff to like, pretty much being a very poor adult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how much did you, at the end of your degree, how much did, uh, debt did you accrue? Um, I had about a little under $14,000. Okay. So a lot of money still, but still not as bad as, you know, you're not owing $100,000. Thank goodness. So you still, so, uh, you know, even though you did have to take out loans, you know, the three part-time jobs definitely helped you not owe as much as you probably could have. Yeah, totally. Um, And I think that a lot of times I've had people say to me, like, on my blog or, like, on Twitter, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, like, why are you even, why do you even care? Like, it's not even, it's, like, no money. Like, this is nothing. Like, people have, you know, so much more debt. Like, you should just be lucky or be grateful that it's so low. It doesn't matter. And I think that the beginning part of, like, my story, I think, is Mm -hmm. what makes it so important to me, becoming debt-free, that, like, I Mm -hmm. had this experience 
of being so poor and struggling so Mm -hmm. much and not having any money that it was so, so, so important to me to get rid of it as soon as possible, even though, I mean, statistically it is pretty much half of what Mm -hmm. the national average is, which is closer Mm -hmm. to 30,000 per person. So yeah, I totally, I mean, it is way lower and I was really grateful for that, but it still was really important to me. Um, to get rid of it. Absolutely. But it doesn't seem like you were lucky. I mean, you worked hard. You, you were the reason it was so low. It wasn't like anyone just handed you a bunch of money. It's like you were in this situation that anyone can find themselves in where they think everything's fine. And then, you know, kind of the rug gets pulled under them and they have to figure out, figure it out. So you did by, you know, yes, getting some student loans, but also working while in school. So props to you. It wasn't luck. It was hard work. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, thanks for saying that. I think it's always <laughs> a little bit of a combination, but I definitely, um, definitely put in some work too. So thank you. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take you to, um, cause you're debt free now, which is awesome. How long did it take you to, to get rid of it? Um, it took me about seven months of like really aggressive repayments. But before then I had paid like little bit. So all in all, mm-hmm. I was debt free within my first year of graduating college. Which is a like a big deal. Like it took me, I think I only had $5,000 that I owed and it took me nine months to pay off. And I was like, whoo, I can't believe I paid it off. And so seven months and $14,000, like that's, that's pretty awesome. Thanks. Yeah, I was, I was really happy to... <laughs> To be done and like, you know, I mean, no matter what your debt amount is, even if it's just $1,000 or $300, it feels so good to just be done. Absolutely. Because, yeah, no one likes being in debt. And obviously, I think it's, you know you're in a different kind of mindset when you are in debt. Sometimes it feels like it's never going to go away. You can never pay it off. You'll always be in debt. So when you do reach that point where you're finally debt free, it's it's an amazing feeling. And it's, you know, sometimes it takes, you know, longer than seven months. But, you know, no matter what, it, that feeling of being debt free is probably the best feeling ever. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it, it totally is. It was amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. So what kind of, I kind of asked you this for my blog was what strategies did you use to kind of cut back or just, you know, find ways to, uh, you know, crush your debt kind of as soon as possible. It seemed like you were very aggressive with it. You were, you know, had a goal to get rid of it as soon as possible. How, how did you accomplish that in seven months? Um, yeah, the, so the main thing that I did is I really didn't I pretty much kept living the same way that I had mm-hmm. been living when I was really, really poor. So mm-hmm. I actually had straight out of college. I had in within two weeks after graduating, I started my full-time job, which actually came from an unpaid internship that I did during college. So I had, I pretty much had a salary right away, which was awesome. mm-hmm. amazing, especially since I had literally no money. So it was like, yeah. kind of like, I need to it, find something fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So even though I started earning a salary, I kept living pretty much the same and which is hard in a sense because Mm -hmm. you know that you, you can upgrade some things. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's also good because if you get yourself down to like the bare minimum of what you need after that point, any kind of small upgrade is feels huge. So like Mm -hmm. during college, I went at at the worst part of 
supporting myself and being poor. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a one bedroom apartment that I shared with two other girls um, who I didn't a one know. bedroom apartment with two other people. Yes. Where where did they where did everybody sleep? <laughs> we had <laughs> yeah, right? That's a great question. Um, <laughs> we had three twin beds like lined up in the bedroom. Oh um, really? Yeah. So and this is like in the middle of LA, um, which is where I went to school. So yeah. everything's super expensive. And so it was like this really intense housing situation. Obviously there's no personal space, there's no room, there's just mm-hmm. you're just basically trying wow. to sleep there and that's it. So after experiencing that, like having my own, even just having my own bedroom is like such a big thing. So in a certain way, it was easy to not increase that much. Like even Mm -hmm. small increases, like just having my own bedroom felt like a huge luxury at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was like one of the things that I did, but I also sold my car, um, Mm -hmm. which I had had in LA. Um, and I used for internships when I was in school. So I sold that. Um, I started, biking, I started Ubering, I started Mm -hmm. taking the bus. Um, So that helped a lot because the car actually, you know, in cities, it's a little bit expensive to have them. Mm -hmm. You have insurance, Mm -hmm. you have parking, you have registration, all that stuff. So that was really helpful. Um, And I really just, every extra bit of money that I had, I just threw at it. So in addition to my full-time job, I kept my freelance job as well Mm -hmm. that I had during college. And then I picked up a few more freelance um, writing and consulting jobs too. Mm -hmm. Which I think is kind of becoming the norm with people our age is to have kind of the side hustle. And I always recommend it. I'm telling I've already told my sister, when you get your, you know, full time job after uh, graduating university, you know, it's always good to have one or two other jobs. Yeah, (laughs) it helps, right? It does. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about it, though, because Mm -hmm. I guess a part of me is like, is this what the world has come to that like you don't get paid enough that you have to like do this and then the other I side know. I'm you know it's like oh it's nice to have extra money so yeah I kind of like I have like a love-hate relationship with my I know what you mean it's like you do absolutely if you have a side hustle a side job or whatever you definitely sacrifice you know your time and that's kind of and and it also is true it's like are we you know it, it, it's true we aren't being paid as much as you know I think previous generations but I mean, you can either kind of be like, well, this sucks, or you could do something about it, which exactly. is no, what I think like both of us are doing, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's like, it is what it is. Fine. I'll just, you know, work a little bit more, but I'd rather, <laughs> you know, stay debt free longer and be able to uh, pay things uh, in cash for what I want. So, exactly. Exactly. So, um, what would you say are some of the mo- like the key things that you learned from your experience? It seems it was very impactful. You know, it kind of helped you also start your own personal finance blog, which is I'll get to in a little bit. But what were some of the key things that you experienced that you want others to know? Yeah, I mean, this is this is like kind of weird, and I always feel kind of weird talking about <laughs> it. But um, so. Money is really important, obviously, like we all know that. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also like not important, which I think sounds a little weird and blase and very bizarre for someone who like really likes to talk about money. Talk about money? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, But I think that because what I had experienced in college, I really had placed so much emphasis on money because Mm -hmm. I had such scarcity of it and like so much fear and so much anxiety about it 
and then that continued after I graduated with except it manifested itself as me paying off my loans. I was like mm-hmm. so laser focused on it that money still it had such a prominent place in my life and I think that that's one of the things that I learned after paying off my debt is that my life I mean I'm still the same mm-hmm. person. I mm-hmm. still have the same partner, I still have the same friends, I still mm-hmm. have the same family, I still have the same job. Like everything is pretty much the same. There's obviously a lot less stress in my life and that's great, but money's only one part of life and I think mm-hmm. that for people who either feel like they're drowning in debt or are paying it off or they're saving for something big or they're whatever that their money kind of focuses, I think that it's important to keep that in mind mm-hmm. that money really is only one part of your life and that it's great to work on it and I applaud mm-hmm. and respect anybody who does but to just remember that it's not the goal it's just a tool yeah and you it shouldn't consume your life it shouldn't be the yeah the focus of your life absolutely it should be kind of a means to an end yeah totally Exactly. So I want to kind of get into your blog. So when did you start uh, your own personal finance blog, The Freedom from Money, which is a great title, by the way, a great name. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I started it, I think it was October 2015. Um, oh, so recent. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Recent. Yeah. And I started it um, about a month after I got really mm-hmm. serious about paying it off. But I'd been reading personal finance blogs for years I actually mm-hmm. got introduced to Mr. Money Mustache when I was Ooh. 18 like 17 I was like super young when I like first that's awesome it. yeah and I think that was part of the reason subconsciously that I had ten thousand dollars saved when I was yeah like, yeah yeah because that had been like seeping in my brain um but yeah so I'd been reading them for a long time and then I started mine uh this past year that's awesome so what do you focus on in your blog Um, I started it like to talk about paying off my debt, obviously. Um, but I think what I've been drawn to lately has Mm -hmm. been kind of like money and emotions, um, Mm -hmm. and kind of like how your emotions affect your money and vice versa. And just kind of like my relationship with money and all of that stuff. I think that's what I find like the psychology of money, I think is what I find most interesting about it and how, I think about it and how other people think about it and kind of that whole element of it. Mm-hmm. Well, that that brings uh, up the question, how has kind of money affected you? Because you say, you, you know, you're still the same person, but because you went through that experience, like how, how has like that experience with money kind of changed you or, or how has like it affected your, the psychology, the emotions and everything like that with you? Yeah, and I think this is why I'm interested in it. Is because <laughs> I still am working on my relationship with money. It's definitely... Mm-hmm. I think still- it's an ongoing thing for life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. It's like a work in progress for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely a work in progress. I think that I'm trying to be a little kinder to myself with my mm-hmm. money and be a little less strict and like this sounds weird but like learn how to have fun with my money again oh absolutely yeah be able to enjoy life while still being responsible I think that's like 
what we're all aiming for. And it's so hard <laughs> to find it's that hard to, Absolutely. It's hard to find that balance because you don't want to be, you know, just spending everything and then, oh, it's okay, YOLO, I'll worry about it later. And then be in a funk and have to, you know, uh, you know, figure out how to get yourself out of that hole. But you also don't want to live so extreme um, where you're so strict, you can't even enjoy the money that you're saving and making. And I, believe me, I've been there, especially when I was at my brokest point. I almost you know, I, I just had, yeah, such a weird relationship with money where I'd almost feel guilty, even if I knew I could afford to buy something and it was like in my budget and it was okay. It'd still kind of feel like, Oh, I shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. And I think that that's no way to live either. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to, you know, have money, have this hold over you where, you know, it, it is such a big force in your life and you feel guilty or just like kind of any kind of negative kind of emotion shouldn't be associated with money. If anything, like, you know, kind of blogs like yours, podcasts like mine should help people to um, understand themselves and their relationships with money, you know, in a positive, healthy way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I, and I wrote this like whole article about like comparing like spending money to basically like start um starving yourself and like binging like with Mm -hmm. dieting and I think that it's so easy to get in to one of two of those mindsets like with food and like eating disorders like I think that's really talked about like in our society like especially in the past few years which is great because there should Mm -hmm. obviously be more awareness about that and I think that we still have a ways to go with money um Mm -hmm. but I do think that like the binging mentality of spending it all and like the starving mentality of like you were talking about of spending nothing um I think both are unhealthy (laughs) yeah they're just not um sustainable so you need to find a way to you know save money and budget and and, you know manage your money responsibly but also not do something that I mean I always find especially when it comes to like the 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 binging or whatever binging in any kind of respect if it's like Netflix or you know food whatever it's not healthy we need to find a good balance of like being able to live your normal life but also be responsible with your money and enjoy your money I mean at at the end of the day you know the purpose of saving money isn't just to hoard it away it's to eventually enjoy it and buy things that you value in your life yes I totally agree. <laughs> um, well, last question, since you are kind of still at the, the beginning of uh, your journey in your life and, you know, you've started off on a great foot. So I'm, I'm excited for, you know, people who are maybe your age or still in school to kind of listen to our conversation and, and hopefully, you know, take some of our uh, tips and advice. Where do you kind of uh, see yourself moving forward? I mean, uh, I, I'm excited to see your blog grow and, and uh, you know, you write more posts about the psychology of money (laughs) um yeah I'm not I'm not exactly sure I um I haven't written about this yet but I am actually planning to go back to school Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and pay cash this time uh get my teaching credential and become a high school teacher (gasps) that's great yeah so I'm really excited about that um and that's kind of like my next, my next big goal mm-hmm. and just keep, keep hopefully kind of striking that balance and enjoy working and enjoy 
playing too and having fun. (laughs) That's awesome. Well, thank you, Taylor, for chatting with me for my podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And that was episode 61 of the Mo Money podcast with Taylor. And make sure to check out her personal finance blog. You can find it at thefreedomfrommoney.com. She is documenting her personal finance journey, and I know you will love it. So also check out the show notes for this episode, episode 61. So you can check them out at jessicamorehouse.com slash 61. And uh, not that I, you know, I know I bug you for iTunes reviews. They just, they're just important for me. So if you want to give one to me, that would be awesome. I'll give you a shout out on a future episode. You know, just do what you got to do. And, uh, and if not, that's okay. That's okay. I'm going to see you back here next Wednesday. We're still friends. Okay. 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 All right. Have a good day. This podcast is distributed by the Women in Media Podcast Network. Find out more at womeninmedia.network.